Welcome to another episode of Complete Developer Podcast, the podcast by coders for coders about all aspects of creating your best life as a developer. I'm Will, the accomplished developer, author, and software architect. And I'm Beach, the journeyman developer sharing my journey in development. Complete Developer Podcast is supported by listeners like you. We are now on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Complete Developer Podcast. Arm straight, eyes on the ball, focus on your follow through. Wrong kind of drive, dude. Intrinsic drive involves being able to understand and use internal rewards to push yourself. Increasing motivation takes a mindset shift that will change how you look at the world from where you get your energy to the way you express gratitude. In this episode, we discuss different ways in which you can increase your drive. We'll look at understanding motivation as well as personal and professional things that you can do to increase your drive. But before we get started, Will, what's been driving you this week? I have been trying to mitigate a issue on, on the NAS that still exists. I thought it was gone, but it's not. It's where it won't deallocate a port when it's done with it with Docker on the Synology NAS. Oh, that's frustrating. Yeah, so I filed a support ticket with them. Well, they're like, oh, you know, you can do this thing and you can authorize us to get onto your NAS. And I'm like, I don't really feel like letting you onto my infra here, guy. Like, fix your bug. You know, like, there's other people reporting it. You should be able to replicate this pretty easily. What I have ended up doing is I've actually, I basically just took a single Docker file and crammed everything in there. And I completely uninstall Docker. And then I have a script that reinstalls Portainer, which lets me use Docker Compose. And then I just throw that that single Docker Compose file with all the crap in it that I want. So it's like completely not the way you're supposed to do this. No. But it's getting me closer to work. Like, it's, it's letting me brute force my configurations in a way that will actually work for me. And then I figure once it works, I can tear it down and take the pieces out of that Docker file and move them over one by one. It's like the most backward way to do this in the world, but I think it is going to work. So I guess I'm just going to have to live with it. Yeah. In other news, the Russian cursive is still, it's not killing me as bad as it was. It, like there was a point there where all of a sudden I just started writing in it and I had correct spontaneous action with the way I was writing. You get to that point where you're like, the stuff clicks all of a sudden and you're like, I don't know what shifted that. But it happened you know, while I was working on homework. But there's still a few that are still a little bit painful for me. And the teachers also bumped up the amount of dictation, or not dictation, but the, um, what do you call it when somebody's speaking and you write it down? Transcription. So it used to be like a you know 30 to 40 second conversation and now it's like two minutes. And these people speak quickly. And so you're having to play it over and over again. And I mean, I've used Audacity more in the last two weeks than I ever have in my life. <laughs> because I can see it in the waveform and I can I can set a pause point. Yeah, yeah. And play over and over. Uh-huh. I know, I know. And it's, it's absolutely perfect for this purpose. I don't know if the teacher would appreciate the way that I'm doing that because I think that you're supposed to kind of... But I, I couldn't dictate, you know, I couldn't... I can't write that fast. It's working for me. So I don't know. We'll see where we get. How about you? School is getting a little bit frustrating. This morning, I got an announcement about a required meeting for my class 
set for this evening right now during our recording time. And I'm like, yeah, I can't do that. That's less than 24 hours notice. So I emailed the professor and said I had to work, record a podcast. So I couldn't be there uh, since it was too short notice. It's now been rescheduled, rescheduled for tomorrow. So I'm going to have to take some time from work to go to it tomorrow because it's during the day. That's a little bit better. But honestly, you know, school is not my top priority right now which is weird. Like that that's kind of odd for me because for so many years of my life school has always been the top thing. That's really strange. I hate when somebody has this mindset that your job doesn't matter because you know, I kind of went through a, a little course been over a month and they were scheduled stuff and it's supposed to work with your work. It was like 3 hours in the middle of the day and I'm like, "Whose work does this work with?" Well, I mean, middle of the day here, <laughs> it was the middle of the day there. They're like in Chicago. Oh. They're literally the same time, so. Well, I I don't know what to tell you then. It works with their work schedule, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) And it was no big deal, right? Like the other content, I can go through it on my own. It's just kind of like, I don't understand the disconnect. Yeah, I follow. I can see how that would frustrate you. Yeah, and it's like, I think he was trying to do it like in the evening to make it helpful, but I'm like, you know, it's, it's about something that's due Friday. So I'm like, all right, anyway, it's just frustrating is all I can say. Other than that, I have just been busy with schoolwork. Big surprise. I uh, did get an A on my assignment. So woot, woot. Uh, podcasting stuff and church, mostly small groups that I t- am leading at church, uh, just preparing for those and, and leading them. I, I am attending a few, but they're like ones that are kind of come and go groups, you know, so you can go when you want, but you don't have to. I like being busy, though. I really do. I, I just have to carve out time for relaxing practicing my guitar and my Albanian. I got a lot going on. You know, I try to spend 20 minutes to an hour a day on my guitar, not all at the same time. I can play like two songs, 10 to 12 minutes. So I'm waiting on a build or something. I'll go play a song or sit for for a few minutes and practice this or that on my guitar. I need to start doing that with my Albanian too, just like sneaking it in here and there throughout the day when I'm just sort of sitting there waiting on stuff to, to happen. It adds up. It does. It does. Speaking of Albanian, though, earlier today, I was uh, sitting on Facebook and I noticed some posts from some of my friends in Albania. And I'm like, oh, hey, I I actually recognized most of those words. I can get the general gist of what this is saying, which was really kind of (laughs) cool. Yeah, that is nice. So I might actually, um, when I get a little bit better at communication, reach out to to some of them and be like, hey, you want to hop on a, a Facebook call or, or WhatsApp or something and uh, help me practice my Albanian? Because there's not a whole lot of people around here to practice with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was a girl that was in my uh, senior project back when we were in school and she was from Albania. She was the one that actually did her work, not the other one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember those days? Yeah, I'm I'm not surprised by that. Having met like having been to Albania, I'm not surprised that she was the one who did her work there. Saving money is hard, especially when you're not motivated. Lucas Casades is a fee-only certified financial planner. He owns and runs Level Up Financial Planning virtually out of Fort Collins, Colorado. Yeah, and just like us here at Complete Developer Podcast, his focus is on helping you not only establish a real plan, but to take action on that plan so that you can live your best life. Yeah, you know, the thing is, is it it does come down to motivation to some degree, but The thing is, it's an investment, and that really comes down to whether or not you can improve your finances with the help of Level Up. And there's a compounding impact of making better financial decisions that will easily pay for for itself. So the motivation or the reason for the motivation is actually there already. 
Yeah, we'll talk about uh, intrinsic versus extrinsic motivation uh, in in just a bit, but uh, that's a good extrinsic motivator. Level Up has a unique pricing model, speaking of paying for itself, that will help you no matter where you are in your financial journey. And this is really cool because the way Lucas has it set up is it doesn't matter if you are a senior developer planning for retirement or if you are a junior developer just starting your career, he has something there for you to help you along the way. And the earlier you start, the better, really. And speaking of motivations, Lucas is actually a fiduciary for his clients, which means that his motivation is not to sell you a product, but to actually help guide you to a better financial situation. Guys, you can learn a lot more on his podcast, Techie personal finance bootcamp where he covers financial topics you probably face in interviews, other IT professionals who share about how they navigated their careers. And you can learn a lot more at levelupfinancialplanning.com. Many people use the terms motivation and drive interchangeably. While they are very similar, they do actually mean two different things. The dictionary defines motivation as a general desire or willingness, whereas drive is defined as an innate urge to meet a need. There are two types of motivation, extrinsic and intrinsic. Drive falls into the latter category. Extrinsic or external motivation comes from an external reward and or punishment state. Uh, The thing that pushes you to initiate a task or keep going is an external factor with extrinsic motivation. This can be a reward that you want to attain, like getting paid for completing a job. It could also be motivation to avoid a certain punishment, such as doing just enough to not get fired from your job. Intrinsic motivation, on the other hand, comes from an internal reward structure. That doesn't mean rewarding yourself with ice cream for going to the gym. That's still external. It means that just finishing the task or accomplishing the goal is the reward. Exercise for weight loss is an extrinsic motivation, whereas exercise because it makes you feel good afterwards is an intrinsic motivation. So drive is a goal-oriented form of intrinsic motivation. Is basically intrinsic motivation with a purpose. Drive is, is a planned out and it's designed to get you from where you are to achieving your goals. In this episode, we will discuss several different ways that you can increase your drive and intrinsic motivation. We'll start with understanding yourself, then look at your goals, tasks, and rewards. Finally, we'll discuss how the way you view previous successes affects your drive. In the aftercast, we'll discuss how journaling can help you to improve your motivation as well as look at the effect your goals have on your motivation. Starting off, understand your form of intrinsic motivation and drive. Intrinsic motivation, especially drive, comes at the cross-section of purpose, autonomy, and mastery. And I got this directly from one of the resources. I forget which exact one, but it'll be linked in the show notes. Each of these alone can increase motivation, but by their powers combined, well, Captain Planet reference for you, you will have an internal drive not reliant on any outside stimulation. To increase your drive, you have to learn how each of these affects it as well as how to improve each area for yourself. And throughout this episode, you'll you'll be able to tell which points point like work on purpose versus autonomy versus mastery. We're not going to point it out on every single one, but pay attention and you'll be able to notice that for yourself. 
So the first one is purpose. And purpose embodies our need as humans to be part of something that is bigger than ourselves. It focuses on asking why you're doing something that you're doing. Purpose is the starting point of motivation that creates the context for the following two, which are autonomy and mastery. Purpose is sort of like the the linchpin here. It's, it's the, the cornerstone. That's why I started with this one. There's this really cool infographic on the uh, in one of the references that has like almost like a Venn diagram with the three of them. And then like in the center of all three is like intrinsic motivation. So they're all like kind of given equal there. But I wanted to start with this one because your purpose, it's what's going to set the tone for the other two. Understanding your purpose, understanding why you are doing what you're doing is going to allow you to figure out how to be autonomous and how to master that. Autonomy, being the next one, is the combination of having choice and being accountable for the consequences of that choice. It's a need to be able to make the decisions that influence our lives. Many forms of agile, when done properly, that's very key, when done properly, promote various levels of autonomy in allowing developers to choose their own tasks and how they accomplish those tasks. And that's within reason. You know, you have team agreements, you have coding standards and things like that. But there is a lot of autonomy. Actually, recently at work, we were talking about the difference between Scrum versus Kanban and how when this before I started there, when they first started doing Agile, it was very Scrum, very strict to the rules of Scrum. And they did that for several years before allowing one team on a very small project to try Agile, or not to try Agile, uh, to try Kanban. And everyone loved it. And they told everyone about it. And that like the team I'm on now does Kanban, which is awesome because I, I really love that too. But we were talking about how moving from a place that's been doing the waterfall method for such a long time, where you really didn't have a lot of autonomy, you were told exactly what to do, exactly how to build it. To do that, like Scrum is a really good entry point from that into this sort of more autonomous, agile world because it still has a lot of structure, a lot of ceremony. You're limited on how much autonomy you're you're given. So it makes like management and stuff people more comfortable. As they get more and more comfortable with that whole concept, you move into other forms of agile. Yeah, it's like going from being a teenager to going to college. Yeah. You're not stuck at the house now, but there are going to be some rules and you do have to come back. The next one is mastery. And mastery occurs when we push ourselves just beyond our comfort and abilities. It's the need to improve our skills in an area where we find purpose or that leads towards our goals. Mastery involves failure. You're going to fail when you push yourself, but that's how you learn and grow. In fact, I would go so far as to say that if you're doing something where you don't think you could fail, you probably should do something else. Absolutely. Failure is part of the process. That is failure leads to mastery. Giving up after failure is, is like leads to defeat. Getting back up after failure and going again is what leads to mastery. So let's talk a little bit about motivation. Motivation increases when you're around people who are intrinsically motivated. Human beings are tribal uh, in nature. Most of our history was that. Most of our written history wasn't, but most of the history before that was. And we're unique in that we're able to kind of pick our own tribes. Even the most shy, introverted developers tend to need people around them. Uh, if anything, just because they can't do all the work by themselves. You can choose to be around people who kind of sludge their way through their lives without getting much done. Or you can choose to be around people who push themselves you know, basically by trying to constantly do more. It is amazing because I, I don't know if you, I, I'm sure your mom told you this because I, I know your mom. You know, I remember my mom 
you know, saying the thing about, you know, the friends you're around going to influence you and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's, it's so true. We talk about that on the, on the podcast here about getting around people who, who are going in the direction you're going because they will support you and help you do that. Stepping away from and like cutting people out of your lives who are holding you back. Yeah. And you and I both have cut people out like that who don't have motivation. They're not going anywhere. And we periodically check up on them and they're exactly where we left them 15 years ago. Sometimes they're further, they're further behind than they were because a lot of times if you're not moving forward, you're sliding backward. There's not a lot of times that you just sort of stay where you are. Yeah, there is no coasting. Being in a community of motivated, driven individuals provides a backdrop and examples of how to be a motivated individual. Even if you're not like you don't have a lot of raw motivation, it's a skill. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit, too. But it's a skill that you can learn and develop. And being around people who have that already is going to help you. This kind of support will also get you excited about what you're doing and help to build not only external motivation, but internal drive that pushes you through even the rough times. Yeah, because it normalizes it, right? Like it's not the way that most people think about everybody else. Yeah. They don't think, oh, this person's super, you know, all these people are motivated. But if you're around a bunch of people that are, suddenly that's normal. It will be a forcing function for making you better. And the, the reason this is important is because not everybody stays motivated all the time. Uh, we all have times when our motivation is lacking or we're going through a rough patch or whatever. And when you're around other highly motivated people, they will be there for you when your motivation begins to wane. Yeah, and that's that's what's really great is when you do hit those rough times, because I do, I have a really great group of friends down here at my church and then within the development community who when you know I'm going through stuff just like rally behind me and it's like all right we're we're not going to let you sit and wallow in this we're not going to let you start falling behind when we know you you got it in you or we're going to remind you of why you're here yeah a lot of things it matters a lot finding those people is the interesting part uh, because it does take a while and it's going to require you to get out of your comfort zone and go to where those people are. Uh, more than likely, you're not going to bring them where you are. Because part of the reason that they're staying motivated is they're staying away from people that are not. What's really interesting is, like I said, motivation is a skill and it's something that can be developed. Just the act of going out and seeking more motivated people in your life builds your own motivation. A lot of times you can find people like this at, at conferences, local meetup or user groups. Um, or even like, I don't know, have you ever really done a professional networking event? Yeah, I've done a few here in Nashville. And honestly, I think at the point when I did them was probably a little too late for where I was. Like if I'd done it earlier, it would have been better. Uh, when I got there, it was a bunch of people trying to sell insurance to me um, and it wasn't quite what I wanted. But like developer meetups are pretty good for this. They do professional networking events for for specific professions too. Yeah. Yeah, I've I've been to the ones where it's like everybody's trying to sell insurance or get you to sell insurance. It's like, yeah, no, that's not why I'm here. Thanks, bro. I can't make enough selling your uh, goji berries or whatever <laughs> crap you're trying to foist off on everyone. Uh, another thing you can do is signing up for a mastermind group. This is a really great way to help you find a tribe that will increase your drive. And I have a mastermind meeting every Sunday morning, 7.30 in the morning. And it's just me and one other guy now. There were uh, four of us initially. And the other two just kind of dropped off. And the two of us kind of, you know, we we do really work on motivating the other one and like, you know, keeping the other one on task. And it's it's very, very valuable. Another thing you 
need to do to increase your drive is change your mindset from one of taking to one of giving. It's really easy for a lot of people to fall into the role of just being a taker and they don't think to give back or give without expecting anything in return. When you're thinking like a taker, your focus is on what you can receive and not on what you provide or what you can actually accomplish. You're just trying to get something out of it. And the thing about this is, is that it will sap your motivation and drive because you're looking for what other people can do for you instead of, hey, I'm going to produce something that helps these other people. Like the, the producing is what gets you there. Yeah. And, and when you're when you're in that that producing mindset, you're able to like it is a bit of a shift. But when you're thinking I'm going to produce this to help other people, it can be I'm going to produce this to help other people and sell it to them. Yeah. It doesn't mean you're not getting something out of it. The idea of giving without expecting something in return really does. It changes the way you think. That takes a shift in perspective to change from a taking mindset. This shift, however, allows your brain to think from a place of abundance of having instead of a place of needing. In the long run, what this does, it is it allows you to be creative in coming up with various ways to share from your abundance. The mindset of giving is an abundance mindset. And it's funny how when you have an abundance mindset, a lot of times abundance shows up because the, the thing is, is it's the natural state of the cosmos. You're just ignoring it. Mm -hmm. This whole thing with abundance and this kind of mindset doesn't mean just like giving material stuff, you know, or things you physically own or you have in your possession is not about donating money to worthy causes, even though that's fine. But instead, it's about giving of yourself, you know, giving the things you've learned, volunteering your time to help other people. Like you see somebody struggling with a problem that you've already solved, you go help that person. Sort of like how we started this podcast, really. Yeah. Was to give back to the community because you and I both have received so much. Like I was still learning and receiving when we started giving through this podcast, not saying, oh, great, look at us because of what we've done, but just, you know, giving an example of this is one of the ways that Will and I have an abundance mindset. It's added so much to our lives. Oh, yeah. To do that. Like we've met so many people we would have never met. And most of them have been great people and we've gained a lot and they've gained a lot, right? Like it's, uh, you know, it's a network effect. Oh, yeah. Abundance. It's, and most of the people you meet, like like I said, are, are good people. I mean, there was that one Romanian dude that said we were a ripoff or whatever on Facebook a few years back, which, you know, like if we're ripping people off, we're doing a terrible job of it. <laughs> I, I don't remember that one. <laughs> yeah, that was really puzzling. But, you know, for the most part, you're going to meet people that appreciate that, that you're helping and you're going to drive the right kind of people in your direction. As you move toward that giving mindset, your attitude towards others changes. Getting around other givers, only just like the previous point, being around other motivated people, but getting around other givers will build even deeper relationships with those who are motivated by the desire to help and have that abundance mindset. And when you're coming at life from that abundance mindset, you're not stressing about things that demotivate you. Right. In fact, you got a you got a thing right there that is motivating you. Yeah. If you focus into that mindset, it will affect the way that you look at your purpose or even give you a purpose in a lot of cases. And and that's one of the three components of motivation. When giving becomes your purpose, you'll find that you don't just improve the lives of the people that are around you, but your own life gets better. Your attitude will change and things that used to be major setbacks are kind of minor inconveniences at worst. And oftentimes they're learning experiences. It's almost an economy. It's, it's a really counterintuitive thing. 
especially when you're not in a giving mindset. Like it's hard to see this. And since we're talking about giving, the next way to improve your motivation and your drive is a specific form of giving. And that is to mentor or train. Find a way to teach others what you know. There are two things that really demotivate people and keep them from their own internal drive. And those are that they don't realize how much they actually know about a subject. And the other one is the kind of the other side of the coin. They don't realize how much is left to learn about a subject. Whereas the one causes them to think they aren't capable of improvement. The other leads to arrogantly thinking they don't have to improve. Yeah, I mean, you don't always know how much you actually know, even though you probably think you do. (laughs) And you definitely don't know how much you really understand about a subject until somebody asks for help or you take on the role of a mentor or teacher. Especially early on, you get asked questions that you may not have ever thought about or you suddenly realize that you do have an answer for it, but you didn't know what the answer was until the question was asked. Yeah, this has happened to me since I've taken on, um, like I've got the job as a lead developer. A big part of my job is mentoring the junior developers on my team. It's really fun because I haven't done, like I've been a back-end developer for the last several years. So moving to the front end, I'm like, all right, I know what can be done, but I don't know the actual how to do it sometimes. Right. And what's fun is like, they'll ask a question and I'm like, Huh, that's kind of handled in the framework in C sharp. Um, and so I'll I'll get to thinking and I'll come up with an answer and it'll work. I'm like, I didn't even know I knew that. Right. There have been several times where I'll, I'll get a question. I'm like, I'd never thought about that. Let's try this, and boom, it works. I'm like, well, I guess I knew that. You me. <laughs> I think a lot of times, you know, when nobody's asking you questions, you can't get to first principles on stuff. Yeah, that's true. Now the other side of the coin is that you may get asked questions where you don't know the answer or you may be asked to teach or give a lunch and learn on a topic that you don't know much about. Humbly accepting that you don't know everything, and it takes a lot of humility to do that for some of us. Because let's be honest, knowing everything would be rather boring. It motivates you to learn the topic. Uh, Back to the podcast. I mean, how many things have we learned for an episode. I mean, I'm fighting with Docker containers on my NAS because we did an episode on containerization. Like that got me over the hump where I could actually do that. That's a really cool thing. Like learning in itself is a motivation multiplier. As you learn, you're going to see how much more there is out there to be learned as well as how much you actually gain for learning. Over time, this creates a drive inside of you to learn more and improve. At least it does with me. Like the more I learn, the more I want to learn. Yeah, and the better I get at learning. Yeah. Which is the other thing that I find very interesting. So uh, another thing you need to do is to get up and move around. Exercise increases your energy, which is going to improve your drive. Energy motivates us to keep going and doing more. Exercise is known to elevate mood and increase energy, which in turn will increase your drive and your intrinsic motivation. It's it's just the more you do, the more you'll keep doing. Yeah, and it really doesn't take a whole lot to get started. You could just walk around the neighborhood a few times or get on a treadmill at a slow pace for 30 minutes, and that will start to make a difference. 
you don't have to start out running a 5K or going hardcore at some CrossFit gym to see rewards. I'm sure Beach has done some of those. <laughs> yeah. So when I was living up there in Nashville, I signed up for this program. Oh, man. It, I did this five-week program where you're supposed to lose so much weight, and I got sick in the middle of it. And so like, I didn't lose as much as I was supposed to. It was this complicated thing. I might have talked about it on the podcast back then. It was many years ago. So sorry for the audio quality. If you do find that and go back and listen to it, I'm not even going to say where it is because I don't know. Yeah. I have found COVID. The gym's closed and I stopped going. And I wasn't good about continuing to exercise on my own and at home. So when I started back, I had lost a lot of progress and gained a lot of weight too. And so, because, uh, you know, you sat around and drank beer and ate crap, basically. Yeah. So when I started, it was just getting on the treadmill for 30 minutes and walking. And that was it. I go in, I do my 30 minutes, I'd leave. What's funny is I started doing that just to get myself into the habit of going to the gym every day because I knew I was going to push myself on down the line. But I started noticing improvements just with that. Yeah. Well, I mean, if nothing else, it's time to not think about the thing that you're trying to, You're like the rest of the stuff you're trying to do. You're just thinking about being in the gym and that background processing is really, really powerful, especially if it's coupled with you know a little bit of exercise or something like that. It, yeah. Because I can tell you, I've lost that here lately too. And that's something I miss. The trick to it though, is to not be complacent. And so once things get easy, you push yourself a little bit harder. So if you start off walking around the neighborhood for 30 minutes, you know, once that gets to be routine, then go up to 45 minutes or pick up the pace, you know, push yourself. Uh, this will increase your energy level, not by doing the same thing, but because you are pushing yourself so that your body has to do more. Eventually, you may even run a 5K. I still don't know that I would necessarily recommend CrossFit. <laughs> you know, there's good gyms. It's just there's some bad ones and the bad ones can get you hurt. Yeah, no, I mean... I run on the treadmill now when I go to the gym. I could not have done that when I first started. And that's the thing. And what's really cool is when I got, all right, I've been doing this for a couple of weeks, I'll pick up the pace a little bit. And that pushed me. That was a little bit hard. When I first started, just walking 30 minutes was a little bit difficult. Once that became easy, then I could have kept doing that, but I would have stopped seeing gains. To continue to see gains, you got to push yourself just a little bit. This doesn't mean like... Uh, a lot of times people think, oh, I've got to push myself to the breaking point every time. And no, it's push yourself just a little, just a little, just a little further, just a little further, just a little further. Yeah. Pushing yourself to the breaking point every time means you eventually break. So don't do that. The thing is, you want to see the progress. And that is a motivating factor that will help you keep going. It also increases the amount of energy that you have to do other things in your life. Increased energy does have an amazing ability to improve your motivation, as well as just your general outlook. Next is to spend time actively visualizing yourself accomplishing your goals. Visualization is a powerful tool. Not only does it improve your drive, but it can actually help you to achieve your goals faster than just working toward them alone. Yeah, there's a pretty commonly referenced study at the University of Chicago uh, that found that students who only visualized making a basket from the free throw line improved over the course of a month as much as the students who actually practiced the free throws. And students who did neither did not improve at all, obviously. The visualization doesn't have to be just a mental exercise. Like you don't have to like lay in bed and visualize your success or 
you know, sit and meditate on your success. You can create a physical or even digital representation of yourself accomplishing your goals. Kind of in the same way that a task list helps to see what's been done and what's next. A vision board can help you to see your goals represented, which solidifies them in your mind. Pinterest, for instance, is the social media version of a vision board, but a physical one is even better. So you can find images, photos, or even descriptions of what you want to accomplish and pin them to a corkboard. And then you put it in a prominent area so that you can be reminded of your goals and motivated to keep working towards them. And by the way, if you don't have a place for a corkboard, your desktop background is a good place to do this. Yeah. It's right in front of your face all day. Although I rarely ever see the background. Yeah, same here. I'm being honest. (laughs) Theoretically, it's there. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Another thing that you can do to increase your drive is to remove tasks and activities that don't move you toward your goals or increasing your motivation. You know, a little bit earlier, we were talking about people and we talked about removing people from your life who pull you down. This is removing those activities, those tasks that do the same thing. You're going to struggle just to maintain motivation. It's the way it is, let alone increasing it. When your mind is cluttered with a bunch of tasks or even projects that aren't really moving you toward your goals, reduce your complexity by focusing on what matters and on actually doing less. This one is really difficult for me uh, because I have a lot of things I want to do. I mean, I was having dinner with some friends of mine and I, I made the comment about moving my guitar lesson because worship team practice is the same night. And then since I did that, I had to move my Albanian lesson. And like one of the guys who's like, so wait, you work, you have a podcast and you play guitar and you take Albanian lessons. I'm like, yeah, amongst other things. What's your point? And he's like, because like he's very introverted and likes to play video games. And I'm like, yeah, I don't really play video games anymore because I just do other things because they weren't moving me toward my goals. Yeah. And it's the same thing with TV. Yeah. I, like video games weren't moving me towards my goals and they weren't as relaxing as they used to be. Yeah. I've also found like something similar both with video games and with TV is that they don't relax me as much because I think the ones that interest me now are not relaxing at all. Yeah. Because it's just not my nature anymore. But yeah, the uh, the key here is in learning to prioritize not only your goals, but also yourself and how you spend your time. So if it's possible to stop doing the things that don't motivate you or that don't get you towards a goal, then stop doing them. If you can't stop something, then find a way to delegate that task to someone else preferably someone who is motivated by it or whose goals line up better with it. I mean, and this, by the way, is why you do things like hire somebody to cut your yard. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's cheaper for you to do it yourself, but if you've got the money, get somebody else to do it and spend that time in a more valuable manner. I was literally talking with my mom about this the other day because she was saying how, like, she's like, you know, eventually I'm going to have to start budgeting for someone to mow my lawn because I'm going to get too old to be able to do it myself. I was like, I already do that. And she's like, yeah, but... I really enjoy mowing the lawn. She loves, she's got a riding lawnmower. She gets out there and she loves it and it motivates her. It gets her going on doing other stuff, mowing her lawn. I'm like, hey, if that motivates you, you want to come over and mow mow mine? (laughs) (laughs) She can come over here. (laughs) Guarantee you, my hillside will fix that. (laughs) 
Wow. Yeah, no. Um, but no, that that's the thing. It, it's something that motivates her. Uh, another thing that I, I thought of when I was writing this was remember when I first started learning and I was apprenticing with you, you would give me tasks, things that you didn't want to do because they were boring and painful for you because it was just like drudgery. And I was excited about it. I looked forward to those kind of things because it was all new and exciting to me back then. Of course, now I look at those same kind of tasks and I'm like, man, I got to do this because it's not going to work if I don't do this. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, it, <laughs> and that's, that's the thing. That's why we have interns. Another thing you can do is whenever possible, try to combine smaller tasks into maybe one larger or several larger tasks to, to accomplish. Part of this is time management. We, we talk a lot about time management on the show. But if you're waiting on, for example, tests to run or, you know, a build, this might be a good time to also check your email or actually have a book right here that reading for work, even how to lead when you're not in charge. There's probably going to be some podcast episodes about it, too, once I finish the book. But when I'm waiting on stuff, I grab this and I read a few pages. Yeah, because like I'm reading this for my performance plan at work. So I have to read it for work. I can read it on the clock. But I can combine that with, well, I could just check Facebook and goof off or I can actually get something accomplished. And you'll find that you feel a whole lot better out of accomplishing that than you do off getting on Facebook ever. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Another could be combining, say, like listening to podcasts while you're driving. I do that a lot. Or doing laundry. Or cooking is when I do it. Yeah. Especially if I'm bulk prepping stuff and I'm in the kitchen for two and a half hours. Oh, yeah. And it doesn't have to be these kind of things, but there are tasks that you can put together that will free up your time so you can spend it on the things that do motivate you. It's also important to recognize that when you're moving towards your goals, you will at times have to do things that you don't enjoy or that are boring or repetitive. So you want to own a business? Guess what? You're filing paperwork. You're doing taxes. You're getting insurance. You're fighting with your, you know, your cookie policy on your website, like all kinds of crap that nobody wants to do. And you're going to have to do it. These are not the things to get rid of because they are moving you towards your goal. But the thing is, is accepting that not everything that you're going to do is something that moves you towards your goal. Some things are just there because we have to do them. And some things are there because we just need to relax and refresh our motivation, right? Like you can't work 24 hours a day. Also, not everything has to move you toward your goal. Some activities we do are just to relax or refresh our motivation to get moving. Like I, I mentioned video games. I used to play video games a lot more often because they were relaxing. They did help me kind of refocus. You know, it wasn't that long ago when I was living up in Nashville, I, I played a lot of Xbox just to, to refresh. And I watched a lot of TV to do that too. Now I have other ways of doing that. Other things that don't move me toward professional goals, but that help me relax. Hiking is one of them. I've actually gotten back into gaming for that, but I do it, I time box it. Yeah. So that it's like, you're not gaming the game, you're gaming to get your mind off of something for a minute so you can come back at it fresh. I do that with TV. Yeah. I'll watch TV because uh, I go to the gym on my lunch break and then I'll come back and I'll watch an episode of The Simpsons while I'm eating. If I don't have like a meeting or something, sometimes I'll just like, I'll get back, grab some food and sit at the computer. I do that more often than not. But dinner is really when I do it. I've been watching Manifest recently and I'll do, I'll like watch one episode a night while I'm eating. Like I'll eat my meal and I'll sit and I'll just enjoy the rest of the episode. That'll relax me. Then I get up and I go to work and I get stuff done. 
I think one of the things that helps you is you've kind of learned what rewards will actually motivate you and you use those rewards as well. The goal here is to build internal motivation and intrinsic drive to help you have a place to start somewhere. And the best place to begin working on your own motivation is to find out what rewards actually work for you. And then you use those when your motivation wanes to get it back on track. Yeah, you use that extrinsic motivators as sort of a, a way to reignite your internal drive. Yeah. As previously stated, there are going to be tasks and activities that we have to do that don't motivate us, that we just hate doing. They may be maintenance tasks or just things of life like doing the laundry, cleaning, or doing the dishes. These types of tasks come with some like baseline reward. Clean clothes, less mess. You can actually eat. Yeah, it's kind of important. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, a, a lot of tasks being necessary doesn't necessarily mean that they move us towards a goal. They're typically routine things that we can't automate or offload for whatever reason. For these types of tasks, you kind of have to do the whole carrot and stick approach. You have to motivate yourself to get through them by offering a reward to yourself on the outset or a penalty for not doing them. Yeah. And sometimes that penalty is, is, hey, I can't I can't eat anything good for dinner because I don't have a pot to cook it in because all my dishes are dirty. A lot of times it's just let yourself face the natural consequences. Other tasks that are not routine or maybe more long-term don't benefit so much from the carrot and stick approach. That's the real key difference is like routine tasks, those are going to benefit from that carrot and stick. The non-routine things don't. For them, surprise rewards seem to motivate us. Things like going to the movies because you finished your homework early. Like, oh, hey, I worked really hard and I got done with my homework. I got a couple hours. I'm going to go see a movie. That surprise reward, not the, all right, if I get done with this, I'm going to go see a movie. That's not going to motivate you to get done faster. But doing something fun after working really hard that you didn't plan is going to, it's going to motivate you the next time you have to work to not think, all right, well, if I get this done, I'll get some surprise reward. No, it's just going to build that internal motivation. Yeah. I wish task managers honestly had something like that in there. That would be cool. Yeah. Where you could say, give me a 1% chance that if I finish this task, I get to do this other thing from the, you know, I get to pick something from this list and go do it. So ever since I, I got my most recent motorcycle, actually before that, but Mostly since then, I have wanted a particular style of motorcycle jacket that I really like. Um, They didn't have any when I bought my motorcycle jacket. And so I decided, hey, this is going to be my reward for reaching a certain weight. Because this was 10 years ago, almost, when I bought this bike. And so like, I was like, all right, I'm going to reach this certain weight. I'm going to work hard and I'm going to buy myself this motorcycle jacket when I reach this weight. I do not have that motorcycle jacket because... Weight loss was not is not a routine task kind of thing. And that kind of reward structure does not work. I didn't know that at the time. This is something I have learned over the years. You know, I still do want that motorcycle jacket and I have other motivations to lose weight too now, but more intrinsic things that I that I want. But uh, I still have that reward. When I hit that weight, I am totally buying myself that jacket. Yeah. <laughs> I could literally go out and buy buy one right now. It's not like it's expensive or anything. I'm just like, I'm literally going, you know what? Nope. I'm still going to wait. Do you earn it? Do you feel like you earned it? Yeah. Till I earn it. But it's not my, it's not the motivating factor and it hasn't been ever. I thought it would be, but no, it hasn't been. 
one thing that is important as well is to take time to look back on what you've already done and actually, you know, sit down and celebrate it. I actually know a lot of people that have done startups, and that was one of the things that was kind of cross-cutting among a lot of them was that tendency. The thing that saps motivation faster than anything is when you look forward and you see a ton of work left to accomplish your goals, you can really get overwhelmed with all that's left and you feel like you can't ever get there. Instead, what you want to do is take some time to look back at what you've accomplished. Train yourself to measure specifics so that you can look back and see quantifiable evidence of your own progress. And I I know I've shared this before, so I'll be brief about it this time. But um, when I was growing up, I used to have to push mow our lawn, which is a little less than an acre. And I would just be drudging along. I'd look and I'm like, man, I got so much to do. And then I'd turn and I'd look at how much I'd already done. Like I'd have done three quarters of the lawn. I'm like, oh, I've already done all that. Well, this is easy after all that. Yeah. (laughs) It's amazing when you look back at how much you've accomplished and then you look at what what you've got left toward your goal and you go, oh, well, after that, this is easy. Yeah, I mean, if you've broken down your larger goals, then you're able to celebrate each victory that you achieve along the way. So as you accomplish one of the smaller goals or achievements that leads to a bigger goal, then you need to take some time to actually celebrate that win. Um, Even though it kind of sounds cheesy, a small celebration for completing a set of tasks is very, very helpful for maintaining motivation. And then you have a bigger celebration when you get the big goal. And this goes back to our rewards because these celebrations are not like, oh, when I hit this, I'm going to go do this. It's you hit the goal and go, all right, I'm going to celebrate. You do something spontaneous. That's going to build that intrinsic motivation. Use those rewards we talked about before that, that you found to be helpful and don't reward yourself every time. But yeah, when you reach a milestone on your path, it helps maintain your drive. If you take a little time away from working on your tasks to enjoy what you've accomplished. You don't want to live in the past, but it is really helpful to look back and see how far you've come. Do it sparingly and you'll be safe from falling into the trap of the, you know, the whole glory days type mindset. You just want to go, hey, here's what I did to get where I'm going. I can go ahead now. Not, oh, here's what I did. Look at me. I'm great. So guys, finally, be thankful for the people in your life and the things that you have. Gratitude, like giving, has a strange way of actually increasing your energy level. When you're thankful for the things that you have and the people in your life, you'll find that you have more energy to do the things that need to be done. It's really, really weird. I was told this many, many times. I was like, all right, I'll just give it a try. Why not? I'm like having a rough time right now. I started doing it and no joke, it really works. I don't really know how to explain it, but it just works. Yeah, it puts you in a different headspace. It does. And it does it to everybody else, too. So like the way that the people see you and interact with you is going to begin to change as you start expressing that gratitude. It changes who you are and the way that you perceive those other people as well. When you express that gratitude, it makes you more likely to see that person as good than you would if they were nice to you. Being thankful for what you have will cause you to appreciate it more and reduce the desire to keep gaining more stuff. It's like that abundance mindset you'll find that you no longer care about what others have. You don't have that jealousy for them or what they've accomplished as you tend to be content with yourself. Really, these two, gratitude toward people and what you have, this is where you start moving from external to internal, from extrinsic to intrinsic motivation. Gratitude is not just about what other people have done for you, but it's more about the value that you have 
for them. Uh, you have to actively aim to be grateful to other people in all areas, not just your personal life. Uh, and that includes like your mentors, your coworkers, and those kind of people. And the people who don't do anything for you. Yeah. Or who can't help you in any way. Be grateful for them. No joke, guys. Just be nice to people who can't do anything for you. And you will see a change in yourself that multiplies. So guys, having internal drive is a skill that some people have cultivated. It may look like they are just intrinsically motivated naturally and have never had to work on it or faced lack of motivation. But really, it's like any other skill. Some people will start with more ability, um, or in this case, more drive than others. But if you put forth the effort, you can build up the skill to match even the most motivated person you know. Each of these things that we've mentioned individually will help you to improve your intrinsic motivation. When combined, they will create a change in your life that will give you the push and power to get moving and keep moving. Check out the Aftercast on Patreon, where we're going to talk about how documenting your journey through journaling, as well as how the way you set your goals can help you improve your motivation. That's pretty much all we got before we close everything out. Will, what do you have for us this week for Tricks of the Trade? I'll also add that when you are trying to teach someone else, try to include things where you improve their motivation. That's that's part of basically any skill that you're going to teach. So if you're teaching somebody to code, they need to have feedback that's like, hey, this is really cool that you did this. Now let's go to the next thing. And you need to be able to kind of feel that out. If you can't, you're probably not going to be able to actually teach anybody anything because that's really what you're actually giving them. You're not giving them the skill. You're giving them the feeling that they can have the skill. They give themselves the skill. You need to kind of understand that that relationship is not where you're at cause. You're just kind of part of making them able to do the thing that they wanted to do. That's pretty much all I got. Stand by for Titanfall. If you have a question or comment, please email us at neckbeards at completedeveloperpodcast.com. Our theme music is an excerpt from Stand By for Titanfall by Pure Bells, available on SoundCloud and licensed through Creative Commons. For references, show notes, and extra tips and insights, be sure to check out the website at completedeveloperpodcast.com. Help us make the show possible by supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash podcast. You'll get extras, including a weekly aftercast where we discuss the topic of the week and bonus material with some of our patrons. You can also follow us on Twitter at CompleteDevPod, like our page on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram to keep up with news about the show. Join the conversation anytime via Slack by signing up at slack.completedevelopernetwork.com. Thanks for listening. See you next time.